while you remain standing, turn in your Bibles. I hope you brought yours with you this morning to Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter number one. Glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you so much for being here. We come to learn about the Bible. Uh, the, the most prominent thing on a Sunday morning is we are here to hear God's word. And uh, so I hope that you'll listen very carefully this morning. Joshua chapter number one, I will read out loud. You read silently along with me, but we will read this together starting at verse number five. Joshua chapter number one and verse number five. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded. Turn not from it. Yeah, turn not from it from the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, I want you to, we'll be coming back to this in a little bit. Go to James, way up by past the book of Hebrews, way up heading towards Revelation. Right after the book of Hebrews, chapter number one, chapter number one. I need, um, Brother Soto. Need you to go back and set with that. Yes, share your Bible with him. Would you? Please? I'll share with you. Over there. Head on around that way. The girls will take care of themselves, I'm sure. I want everybody to be able to see the Bible. Okay, that way they won't go. Ah, that's what he believes. No, no, no. I'll show you the Bible right there. Thank you very much. Uh huh. James chapter number one. Go down to verse number twenty-two. Verse twenty-two. Chapter number one. Verse twenty-two of the book of James. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Chapter number 2 of the book of James. Chapter number 2 of the book of James, and verse number 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help me, please, to help your people this morning. May every one of us leave this place knowing that we have learned something and adjusted our lives to whatever that is. Please bless your word. Help me to help your people that Jesus may be glorified, your word would be lifted up, and the church would grow stronger because of that. Thank you for all you're about ready to do. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. warfare many times I have failed him I wish I could call back many a day but there's one thing I'm asking please don't judge my heart's intentions by some fault or failure you've seen on my way. I 
guitar-trembling soldier beneath this armor beats the heart of a man. You may have seen me so strong and victorious. The enemy was slaughtered down at my feet, but holding a sword was a hand that was trembling, for I knew that alone I'd face defeat. I may have lost the fight, but I've not lost the battle, and I may be wounded, but I'm still more Just a tired, trembling soldier Beneath this armor Beats the heart of a man I may have lost the fight But I've not lost the battle And I may be wounded But I'm still Just a tired, trembling soldier Beneath this armor Beats the heart of a man Beneath this armor Beats the heart of a man start in the book of James, then we're immediately going to Joshua. So we're going to go a little backward from the way that we read a moment ago. The book of James, way up by the book of Revelation, past Hebrews, you'll see the book of James. James chapter, make sure the baptistry is off, fellas. James chapter number one, I want you to look at verse number 22 once again. But be ye doers of the word, talking about God's word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. A person who listens to the Bible but does not do the Bible and says they believe the Bible is deceiving themselves. Look at chapter number 2, verse number 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Now just think about that. That's impossible. You cannot show faith. Faith without works is just a belief. So watch what he says in verse 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. What God is saying is what you say should be what you do. What you do 
you back up what you say. If not, even if it's the Word of God, you're deceiving yourself. Go to Joshua chapter number 1, way back in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter number 1, right after Deuteronomy. Joshua chapter number 1. Now, we're going to do a little bit of Bible study here just to begin with. Joshua chapter number 1, drop down to verse number 7. May I point something out to you here? Verse number 7. Verse number 7, the latter part, it says this, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. I wanted you to notice that. I want you to notice in the last part of verse number 7 that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. I want you to notice in verse number 8 the last phrase of that verse also. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Notice the receiving, listen to me, notice the receiving of God's blessings are conditional. I want you to notice that. I want you to notice this. I'm going to show you several places that this is not just something that I believe or Baptists believe. I want you to see it in the Word of God. Thus is why you should always bring a Bible with you so you could see this. So I wanted you to notice that all the blessings of God are conditional. Go to Psalms in the middle of your Bible, Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse number 3. Psalm 37, verse number 3. I want you to look at the second part of that verse, Psalm 37, right in the middle of your Bible. Find chapter 37, go down to verse number 3. It says, and verily thou shalt be fed. Did you notice that? Did you see that in your Bible? I want you to see it for yourself. So look at it. It says in verse number 3, the second part of that verse, and verily thou shalt be fed. Now we're in Psalm 37, verse 3 through 5. Look, if you would, at verse number 4, the second part of verse 4. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Did you notice that? Can you see that in your Bible? Wonderful. Now go to verse number 5, the second part there. And shall bring it to pass. So we see in these three verses that there seems to be a promise being made. I want you to notice the receiving of God's blessings or promises are conditional. We're coming back to this in just a moment. Go to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter number 1, verse number 1 through 3. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. I want you to notice in these verses, which we'll talk about here in a moment, I want you to notice again as we read this, we'll read verses 1 through 3 quickly. You follow me. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Notice once again, the blessings of God are conditional. They are conditional. I want you to understand that. Someone who evidently had a lot of time on their hands said there's more than 35,000 promises in the Bible. Now, I don't know who sits around and 
reads everything and says, there's another promise, there's another promise. I don't know who did that, but I read somewhere where somebody said there are 35,000 plus promises in the Bible. We know in today's Christianity, or the way it appears, Christian folks are being told that it no longer matters how you live, how you dress, what you listen to, who you run around with, what goes on in your life, how you talk, how you listen, where you go, and so forth, as long as you believe the promises of God and claim them, they're yours. That's what people are being taught today. Doesn't make any difference to anything else. As long as you believe it and claim it, it's yours. Name it, claim it. There's nothing new under the sun. So I want us to see how to receive God's blessings this morning. How to receive God's blessings this morning. Just to know them and claim it, listen to me, does not make it yours. I will show you this throughout the Bible. So I'm glad that you're here this morning. Now if you want, if you really want to receive the blessings of God, you'll really pay attention this morning because I do. I want to prosper. I want what God promises me. I want some of those 35,000 promises. And if all the promises of God are based upon a condition, I want to know what that condition is because I want the promise. That makes sense? So let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us please this morning to understand. Holy Ghost of God, convict those that are not saved. Convict those that are saved and not obeying the Bible. And then lead us and guide us in all ways of truth and righteousness that we might understand what we do not understand so we can understand to obey. Help us please this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Many Christians, uh, not just the lost, but many Christians believe that the Bible only has to do with real spiritual things, spiritual things. That basically on our physical life or our life down here, it really doesn't have much of an impact. It's all about spiritual things. In other words, they do not believe that the Bible can help them physically and financially and in all other physical ways of life down here on this earth. It's just a spiritual thing. The Bible is just a spiritual book. There are those who think that being a Christian and living by the Bible cannot help a man make a living and support his family. God tells you how you can do that. There are a lot of people that do not believe that getting a job during hard times is possible. I was going to tell you a story right here, so I think I will. Uh, when I was first married, uh, this is way, way back a long time ago, almost 50 years ago, and uh, back then there, there were not a lot of jobs. You didn't go online and tap in something and somebody taps back and goes, hey, you look like the person we're looking for. No, you go on the job, you'll find the place, you walk in there, you present yourself, you fill out a form, you sit there, or you come back weeks later, they may look at you, they may not, they may never call you. So you had to go to all these different places. At the time, my wife and I, we were just newly married and we didn't have anything. We were trying to make ends meet. We were behind on our part of the rent. We were behind on everything. And so uh, little did we know one night, while all this is going on, and we were praying, oh my goodness, we were praying, asking God to please bless, and while we're running into, look at me, some of you think you run into financial hard times, you quit coming to church. Now, I've never understood how that helps a thing. Well, I, I'm hurting physically, so I can't come to church. That's where I want to be. If I can make it all, I'm going there. Quit calling in, crawl in. How's that? Let's do that. So, what happened was, unbeknownst to us, my mother-in-law, uh, got together with some people and said, 
my wife's birthday is five days before my birth, two days before my birthday, and uh, in March, March the fifth is uh, Katie's mom's birthday. Amen. And uh, so she said, "Hey, let's have a surprise birthday party for my daughter and her husband. And if you would please, don't bring them gifts. That's not what they need. They they need money. If you can do that, please do that and help them out because they're behind on their bills and so. And so that night we didn't know this." We walked in the house that night, and she had gotten a cake, and people had given money. You won't believe this. I, I wouldn't believe it if you told me it was just enough money to take care of all the bills and our part of the rent. All that was taken care of. While that, while, look at me, look at me. Hey, while that was going on, the phone rang. Somebody else answered it and said, Ray Carter's on the phone. He needs to talk to you. I got on the phone, and Ray Carter said, are you still looking for a job? Now, I wouldn't believe this story if you told me. But what we had been doing constantly is praying and searching for work. Praying and searching for work. Praying without searching is faith without works. God, please bring me a job. I hope it never happens. God, I'm willing to do anything and I'll go to any length while I'm praying. I am searching and I will work at anything anybody gives me. That's prayer and works. All right? That's faith and work. And so that night he got on there and he said, are you still looking for a job? I said, yes. He said, well, over here we have a, a it was in a warehouse right not too far from here on Federal Road, and said we have an opening for a tow truck. Uh, you know what that is, like a forklift. And he said, when can you start? I said, tonight. He said, no, 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 no. He said, by this weekend or the beginning of the week, that'd be good enough. So I was willing to do anything at any time. There just wasn't anything available. So while we were praying... While we were still going to church, while we were still obeying the Lord, while we were still reading our Bible, while we were still heading out for God, while we were still doing what was already right, do you only do what's right because now it's kind of cool? It kind of fits? It's not a hindrance? I can see myself doing that. Would you do that if most things were taken from you? If you were struggling, is not the first thing a lot of people stop is going to church? I mean, I'm just so depressed, preacher. That's why you should be here this morning. I'll make you glad or I'll make you sad. But you'll get out from underneath that pressure. I promise you I will. So what happens here many times, the, 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 to, to, to prosper financially and physically. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I do not believe God for a minute wants everybody healthy, wealthy, and wise. The last part, yes. The other two, no. Not everybody is supposed to have every health problem taken care of against the Bible. Not everybody is supposed to be wealthy against the Bible. Actually, God said, if that is your intent, it's leading you into sin and wrong. It actually says in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 20 and 22, a person who's in a hurry to hurry and be wealthy or rich, the Bible says, shall not be innocent. You're doing something wrong. You're going about this wrong. You're not that innocent. And hath an evil eye. Hath an evil eye. You're, you're, look, you're not looking at things the way God wants you to. Something's wrong. The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. However, God is not for all of his people to be wealthy and have no worries. And No, because we'd forget God in a minute. But the Bible does say the love of money is the root of all evil. When your desire is, I can make money doing that. 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 Well, I can't wait to retire. Now, some of you guys just look at the floor right now and kind of smile like he don't know what he's talking about. You're right, I don't, but he does. 
and God is against your main purpose in life or one of the great overriding purposes in your life is to be wealthy. It brings about all kinds of dangers and temptations that God said you need to stay away from. God must be displeased, though, with those that dishonor Christianity and Christ by depending upon the government to get you through your hard times. Children of God, you have a Father in heaven. You have a Father in heaven. Look at me. Don't, don't, don't misjudge me. What? What's that all about? It's exactly what I said. What would you have done back in the day before your buddy Biden started handing out stuff? You remember when Barack Obama even had on the news, I, I'd vote for Barack Obama. They said, why? He gives away free phone. That's it? The president gave away free phone, and that's why you'd vote for the guy. That, folks, i, I got to stick with this. God must be displeased and dishonored by Christians who say God is my Lord and yet the government must constantly supply for all your needs. If Christians would follow the biblical instruction and meet life's obligations by God's blessings, how can I receive what God has promised? It's not name it, claim it. Look at me. Ain't going to happen. You can claim it all you want to. And this is what's frustrating you. You name it, claim it. You find a verse in here and claim it for all it's worth. And it doesn't produce anything. And now you're upset with God. Now you're not going to walk with God. Now you're going to figure it out for yourself. I'm going to tell you why. All of God's promises are conditional. Turn to Psalm chapter number 1 if you're not there already. Psalm chapter number 1. How to receive God's blessings. Number 1. Look at verse number one. You cannot run with bad company. That's not your opinion. Well, I just don't think they are. God didn't ask for your opinion. Watch what he says here in verse number one. Verse number one said, Blessed is the man that walketh. What's the next word? Not in the counsel. That's the advice of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. It's a shock, it, it, it is shocking to me how professing sheep which is what you are referred to as a born-again Christian, how professing sheep can run around with pigs and run in slop all the time. Well, you got real quiet. Because right now you're saying, I don't do that. Oh, well, let's find out. Okay. Throughout God's word, he is very explicit, very explicit about unequally yoking together with people from the world and not God's people. Things and stuff and people from the world, God's very explicit on what his children should and should not do. He makes it very, very clear. Example, Lot in Sodom. Now, hold on a second. Let's find out where he was before this happened. Okay, we find out if you went back in the Old Testament and read about Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. By the way, Lot, the Bible said, was a just man. In the New Testament, it, said, it teaches that he was saved. He knew Christ. But watch what happens. When in the presence of the righteous, godly Abraham, right, when he was there, he had peace, safety, prosperity, even during times of fussing. Listen to me, church. Uh, church fusses too much. I think I'll go somewhere. You just going to fuss over there. I'm always shocked at how people, one thing goes wrong here and you bail. You go over there, later on we talk, I know they're not using the right Bible. I'm not really approving of their singing. And, well, they dress some ways I don't. Why are you staying there? Ever dawn on you, God wants you away, I mean, the devil wants you away from where God wanted you, and that's why you put up, anyway, 
So what happens here is this. He had all these things going. When he left Abraham, he, by the way, when he was with Abraham, herds were increasing. That's his finances. Safety. You didn't find out they were attacked or anything. When they were with Abraham, Lot was with Abraham, everything was good. Okay, so there was some fussing. Okay, so there was some disagreements. But everything was prospering. Everything was going pretty well. Then we come to find out when he left Abraham and joined himself to bad company. When he joined himself to bad company. Look at me, bad company. We come to find out whether he participated in what went on in Sodom or not is beside the point. He was among bad company. Look at me and listen to me. He was among bad company. When he was out with Abraham, even though the herdmen and sometimes there was fussing and people going, I can't take this much longer, herds were increasing. Health was okay. He had protection. You never find out where they were attacked. Everything was okay and increasing. Then he joined himself to bad company. Lot's problems were multiplied until he eventually lost everything that he had. When did that take place? I want you to notice in Psalm chapter 1, verse number 1. It says, the happy man, the prosperous man, does not keep company with bad company. Now, you can name it, claim it, rearrange it, redefine it all you want to. I'm simply making a statement according to the Bible that you, as God's children, cannot prosper when you run around with bad company. It's not going to happen. So I want you to notice in verse number one, three verbs, three ver three action words, okay? Walketh, standeth, setteth. Walketh, standeth, setteth. These three verbs, the man who first casually just walks. You know, plan on staying. I was passing through hesitating a little bit, going about my business. The casual man who walks with bad company next will find himself standing with him. Look at the progression in the verse. He talks, first of all, about he walks, then he stands, and then eventually he sits down with them, and they become his crowd. You understand? See the progression? Now, understand here, when, when uh, young, uh, I was remember in the military, uh, give me an illustration, uh, we, uh, our, our whole company uh, division come back from Vietnam, and you don't want to put new people in with people like that. But they did. And it uh, seemed like a good, clean-cut kid. He seemed so out of place that he captured your attention. That's what we're supposed to be doing, Christian. When we would walk out to go party and go down to the beer joint and go down to the dance, whatever, when we did that, there he was laying on his bed. He had this book open. I thought, well, that's, that's weird. That's odd. I guess he just wants to stay here. And I just walk on by. Come to find out the kid was actually a born-again Christian. Came from a small church. Joined the military because he thought that was the thing to do. And he was a Christian. But he was in bad company. Bad company. When you join, you don't get to choose who you're going to hang around with when uh, they're in, when they're doing their, their drills and stuff. You, you don't have a choice in that. But once, once you're done for the day, that's your choice. <clears throat> So we found him. Now all of us, we'd go and do what we did, and none of it was any good. None of it was any good. And then uh, about 30, 35 days later, I was getting out. I really didn't care what was going on. Nobody I ran with cared what was going on. It was bad. Look at me. It was bad company. I mean, bad company. And here was this young kid. I mean, shiny-faced. I mean, clean, clean-cut. Everybody back in the military then was clean-cut. 
a just shiny face like he like he'd never been a part of anything that was wrong, which is the way Christians are supposed to be. And one day I walked in and saw him talking with some of the guys I knew. And I thought, well, that's different. Caught my attention just like that. I wasn't a Christian. I was a sinner. I kind of led in a lot of things. And yet I looked at him and going, what's he doing? He didn't fit. He didn't belong. Before it was over with, 30, 35 days later, when I'm leaving the military, come to find out he started asking questions. So when you guys shoot up, what's that like? When, when you smoke dope, I mean, I mean, does it make you feel good or bad? Now he is not only standing, found himself walking among us. When I left, we would go off to a certain place in the barracks, some place where nobody else was, where we could see what was going on. And there he was sitting with the rest of them. So the Bible holds true, not just with him, but with you too. You just watch yourself because it will happen. So we come to find out that he starts off just by walking. Then he kind of stood and was talking and interacting. And the next thing you know, he was actually sitting on a bed with the rest of everybody talking about smoking dope and drinking and where do you guys go at night. And slowly, I don't know what happened to him. Honestly, I don't. To this day, I feel bad about the whole thing. But that's what happened. Let me give you another illustration. By the way, this is why Lot stopped prospering and stopped being blessed of God and protected by God because according to Psalm 84 and verse number 11, no good thing will he withhold from them. We like that part. God said he wouldn't withhold any good thing from... You're not reading the rest of the verse though, are you? Go to Psalm 84. You're in Psalm. Go to chapter 84. I'm sorry, 48. No, 84. 84. 84. Psalm 84. I want you to see this. Go down to verse number 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Now watch this. Very, I like it so far. I like the whole verse. No good thing will he withhold from them. Stop right there. Many people, if they quote even similar to this, that's about as far as they go. That's the promise. But look at the condition to the promise. That walk uprightly. That promise is not yours, Christian, unless you're walking uprightly. God said, I'll tell you, I'll give you a promise. No good thing will I withhold from them. Them who? That walk uprightly. So God puts this condition on that promise. Are you following me so far? Okay, go down. Uh, uh, let's talk about the, in the New Testament in John chapter 16, I think, or 15. Talk about the prodigal son. You ever think about this guy's home life? You know the story about the prodigal son? You come to find out is another example of this truth. When he was where he was supposed to be, doing what he was supposed to be doing, he had a bed, he had a family, had food, had other people to work with and around, had a job. Somehow something got in him. He didn't like that anymore. Thought he was missing out on life. Please understand, he still had to work. He still had to do things his father wanted. He still had to go out in the field and do what he was supposed to do. Those things were true, but that's true of all men who are supposed to be working here. So we come to find out, by the way, on top of all of that, he had an inheritance coming that was building for him. He had everything going for him. 
Now let's look at his life when he left his father, when he left the place where he was supposed to be, when he stopped doing the things he was supposed to be doing. Watch what happens here. The farther from his father and the closer to bad company, the worse everything got. Now I just want you to think about who you run with, who you listen to, who you go online and listen to, who you think is cool to run around with. I want you to pay attention to this very carefully here. The farther he got from that, we come to find out he ran out of food. All the blessings that he took from father's house ran out. Come to find out this sheep ended up in a pig pen, desiring slop that the pigs did eat. Read the story. So he goes from father's house where I'm sure he had plenty because his father had enough to set aside for an inheritance. So he had servants. He had land. He had a room to sleep in. He had family. He had a job. He had a brother. He had lots of things going for him because he was in good company. Look, so then he leaves that, goes off on his own, and heads towards bad company. And in that bad company, he loses everything that his father gave to him. Everything that he had back home, he lost. Got to the place he had one of the most disgusting jobs for a Jewish boy, feeding hogs sitting on the fence desiring the slop that the pigs were eating. Things kind of went bad, didn't it? You know why? He was in bad company. The Bible said he went and joined himself to a, to a, to a person of that country. A bad company. And you say, well, they'll take care of me. Yeah. Hey, Jew boy, go out there and feed the pigs. You want a job? Go feed the pigs. That wasn't good for a Jewish boy. That wasn't good for him. Yet we come to find out he was out there. A sheep living among pigs. Example, immature Christians. You get saved and you go back to public school. You get saved and you go back to your unsaved friend or relatives. You go back to your job, wherever that may be. And by the way, and you know they're not what they should be. You know they're not living right. You know they're not talking right. You know they're not behaving right. You know all of this and your uh, so-called Christian relatives, many of them, as backslid as the devil is. And you know that. Bad company. But the farther, at first, what you do, because you're just a Christian, you, you just decided to, well, I'll show that I'm still friendly. So you walk among them. We have taken Christian friendliness to the point that if we're not like them in every aspect, we're not friendly. At first, you find yourself just kind of walking a little bit with them, just to show that you're friendly. That you don't hate them, right? Because they'll tell you, that, oh, you think you're something special. I've never said that. You haven't either. Next thing, you're standing around with them, watching and listening to what they watch and listen to, hearing them tell dirty stories, gossip, bad philosophies, negative things concerning church, the Bible, and other Christians. Now you're listening to them do that. When at first you just got saved and just, well, I'm just passing through. I'm just, I just, well, you know, I'm just trying to show that I'm still friendly. Watch the pattern. Ultimately, they become your best friend. You sit with them. You go out and eat with them. You go shopping with them. You go on vacation with them. 
You're agreeing with them. I'm talking about your relatives, too. Some of us, we've got backslidden relatives so bad, they're not seeing Christ in you. That's why they can run around with you. If they saw Christ in you, they'd do one of two things. They'd either come to Christ or they have to stay away. So by them constantly hanging around you, you have gotten used to them. They have gotten used to you. And the blessings in your life, because you're on purpose, now running around with bad company. And if you're there doing the Lord's business, why aren't you witnessing to them? And if you're witnessing to them, why in the world do they want to be around? you so what do we have here you're keeping bad company you wonder why God does not bless your life because you're keeping bad. it is a truth and a principle in the Bible Christian listen to me I don't care what the so-called Christian world says you cannot run with bad company and God bless you these promises do not belong to you when you do not meet the condition that God gave Christians all over the world perhaps even in this church the company you keep is worse than it used to be. Well, they'll never come to Jesus if we do. They're not coming to Jesus now. Psalm chapter 1, verse number 1. Watch what he says here. Go back to Psalm. Is it are we warm? Take care of that, folks, please. Help me out. Don't wait till you be told. Get to pay attention. Psalm chapter number 1. Notice three words here. Go back to Psalm chapter number 1. You'll notice three types of people here. Number one, ungodly. Number two, sinners. Number three, scorners. Now, because most people never use a dictionary anymore, you may not know what these mean. Watch what it says. First of all, he talks about the ungodly. The ungodly are those who do not know God or those who are acting as though there isn't a God. That would be a lot of Christians, you know, wouldn't it? A lot of Christians that we know act as though there is no God. I'll just do what I want to do. They are ungodly. doesn't mean they're unsaved. It just means they're ungodly. Those who do not know God or those whose lives and talk as though there is no God, they are ungodly. Then it says sinners. <clears throat> sinners are those who are involved, ready, actively in sin. They're not struggling with anything. They're actively involved in sin. Either they're not saved or they're a Christian that's basically thrown in the towel and said, I don't care, I'm going to do this. God said, bad company. That's bad company. I'll wait for all of you to amen and agree with me whenever you feel like it. Whether professing or saved or not is talking about actively in sin, living in wickedness. And then thirdly, he talks about a scorner. Now, there's lots of those around. What is a scorner? A scorner are unbelievers or professing salvation who scoff at the things of God, make light of the things of God, hate the things of God, that is what a scorner does. They rebel against what God wants, and then they openly make fun of it, pull it down, tear it apart. If you want to receive the blessings of God, number one, you cannot run around bad company. Number two, the blessed man delights in the word of God. So I can't run around bad company, and now you're telling me I have to delight in God's word? says look in psalm verse chapter one verse number two but his delight delight means his pleasure his willingness well i guess i gotta read my bible or preacher be upset that's not willingness you don't delight in that 
So he said, but his delight. So first of all, I can't run with bad company. He tells me why. He tells me who these people are. He tells me if I would look it up, what kind of people these are. And then on top of that, the condition that he says, if you meet this condition, here's what I'm going to do. The blessed man delights in the word of God. Verse number one, but his delight, his pleasure, his willingness is in the law of the Lord. And in that law doth he meditate whenever he can. Whenever preacher makes him. Well, whenever I find my Bible again. By the way, some of you, your Bible's on that shelf, been in there for weeks. The Bible itself is the secret to God's blessings. The Bible itself. That's why he says here, but his delight is in, not church, even though that's true, but specifically in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate. That is deep thinking always on my mind day and night, the word of God. Now, in case you want all the 35,000 blessings, I have no idea what they all are. Don't even ask me. But a lot of them are in there. It's in case you want these. The Bible itself, true wisdom and knowledge depends upon the favor of God. True knowledge and wisdom depends upon the favor of God. And we cannot know how to please God except by his word. How else would we know? You cannot please God except by his word. No, not just a casual reading. We have fallen into this thing about, well, at least I'm reading. Like, like that's the bottom line. That's not the bottom line. Honestly, you'll never get to know God just by a casual reading. Never. 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 No, it's not just a study to prove an argument. Uh, preacher, where does it say uh, uh, about this in the Bible? Uh, I got this guy at work, and up until then, you never read, you don't study, you don't read. So you're doing it to prove an art. You're not going to be blessed of the Lord. Okay? No, it's not just a book to get a Sunday school lesson out of or a good sermon. That's not what the Bible's for. The Bible is for you to get to know God. For you to get to know God. Are you saved to get to know God? The Bible says his delight his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The blessed man, the biblically successful man, the biblically prosperous man loves God's word. Everything he does, everything he thinks about is bounced off of this word before he does it. It's bounced off of this word. When he runs into a problem, first thing he thinks about, what would God have me to do? How did God say to handle this? What is the principle for that one? What's the truth about that? The first thing he does is meditate. He's always thinking day and night. Everything that he says, everything that he does is about the Bible. Now, in case you want the blessings of God, you got to quit running around with bad people. Now, if you happen to be married to a bad person, your only hope is to live for God and pray like crazy. But watch it. Don't make it too cold. Okay? Turn it up, turn it down. It's like we do at home, right? What? Listen, when I am living in sweet communion with the Lord, now you know this is true, my Father, when we walk together in agreement, then is when he says, no good thing will I withhold from thee. When I'm walking with my, well, I think I am. But stop thinking and find out. 
Are you walking with God? Are you obeying the Lord? Are you staying away from bad company? Are you yielding to these truths? If you're not, do you think about this all the time? Is this what leads and guides your life? Is this what manages your life? Is this what causes your principles and truths of life? Is this how you, if it doesn't, forget the blessings because all of them are conditional. And God said, now look, if you quit running around with bad company, why? Because down here, it's a, I didn't say stop witnessing to them. We're supposed to go into all the world and go to dinner and have a sociable drink and have a, have a cigarette with them and, and sit down and play cards. No, 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 no. Well, they'll think I'm different. You are different. Sheep and pigs don't run around the same area. They don't have the same person watching over them. Well, if I don't have them, I don't have a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, see, there's a friend and there's a friend and there's a friend. Yeah, and there's a friend, and there's a friend. A man that would have friends must show himself friendly. You don't have any friends? Ain't God's fault. Not the church's fault. That's your fault. Right? And so you go away from bad company. Now, in my case, I left bad company. I didn't have any other company. Thank the Lord he put me among good company. All I had to do is get to know them. I'm going to make them my new friends, and they're going to help me. I've got to stay away from bad company. How do you think you got in the mess you were in? The bad company. Guess what's going to take you back into that? The bad company. And also not learning. I cannot believe how many people almost act like reading the Bible is like pulling fingernails out, stabbing yourself in the eye with a pencil. I can't understand what is the big deal. Read your Bible. Learn your Bible. So what are we talking about here? He delights in the law of the Lord. But how can I live in sweet fellowship and communion with God when I don't know him? I'm not talking about saved. I'm talking about now that I'm saved. What does he want? What does he like? What should I do that's pleasing to him? How would I know that unless I get into this book and delight in what God has to say? In Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 15, I'm not asking you to turn, but you may want to write that down. The Bible says, here's Jeremiah. Okay, Jeremiah, just an old rough preacher, and he said this, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. That doesn't mean he ripped out pages and stuff in his mouth. That meant he devoured them. He made them a part of him. I mean, it was one and the same. I found God's word, and I devoured that book. I, I just took it all in. I made it mine. Watch what he says. He said, And thy word was unto me the joy, the joy. Well, I guess I'll have to read it. If I, I won't get a certificate if I don't read the Bible. Well, if I don't quote it, Brother Pledger be mad at me. Oh, yeah, really delighting, aren't we? Really delighting. So instead of you sitting in church and looking through the songbook or getting on your phone or on your iWatch, you don't even have enough, enough character or drive to say, you know something, I think I'll read a little bit of the Bible. Don't do that right now. Well, watch me. Watch me. Listen to me. Okay, you're going to learn more Bible on purpose with me than you will reading your Bible right now, right now. So Jeremiah said, I found his words. You know what I did with them? Oh, I ate them up. I mean, I took all of it in, and it was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Can you get up in the morning and read? I can't wait to see what God has to say. Job chapter 23, verse number 12. I have esteemed thy, the words of thy mouth. Ready? More than my necessary food. Have you ever wondered 
what would happen to people if they didn't eat or ate no more than when they, how much they read the Bible? It'd be a skinny church, wouldn't it? I'm only going to eat if I've read my Bible. You're, you're gazing at me like a cow loving a new cat, uh, new gate, right? Like, what is that? I've never heard that. What would happen? Seriously. My desire is the Bible. My joy is the Bible. I want the blessings of God, so I have to delight in his word night and day. I want the blessings. There's thousands of them in there. I want God's blessing. I don't know how God wants me to react to this promise. I don't know the Bible, so I need to get in my Bible. In Psalm 34 and verse number 1, the Bible says, As the heart, not this heart, H-A-R-T, as a deer, if you would. He said, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. You've got to, man, am I worn out? i got to get to God. I've got to get back in my fellowship with God. I've got to get back in that book. Like a heart, obtain Blessed man is one who longs to know God like a deer needs a river when he's been running all day. As the heart, as the deer panteth for the water brook. I've got to get there. I've got to get there. It's the only thing that's going to sustain me. I've got to get where that water's at. No, we can go days, can't we? Months, weeks. And then we get in trouble. God said he'd supply all my... Have you ever looked at the rest of that verse? To them that walk uprightly. It's conditional. A little girl in France, the story goes, obtained a gospel. She was blind, a little blind girl. And she obtained a one book mark in Braille. You know what Braille is? Braille is a piece of paper where all these little uh, raised uh, places on a... Page to, to a blind person, they, they know how, after a while, they know how to read that by running their fingers across it. They, they can actually read the bumps on that paper like you and I would read this, okay? And she found out one day by simply going over and over, the consistent going over it all the time, believe it or not, made her fingers a little calloused. And lo and behold, she, she, couldn't, she couldn't fill the, the bumps on that paper like she used to. She couldn't distinguish this. One day, she couldn't read it anymore. It really bothered her. To her, her whole delight was getting together with God. She decided what she would do is cut those calluses off. So she took a knife or a pair of scissors and cut all of the fronts of her fingers off, hoping that that would cause them to be more sensitive again and she could once again read the blessed words of God. What she did not know, she sensitivity altogether. The calluses were gone, but it was the nerve endings right there, that skin that caused her to be able to cut and feel that. Now she's run with it. She didn't know that. She did it by accident. She didn't mean She meant well that it would turn out that way. And then lo and behold, I mean, she was crushed. Found herself crying and holding on to the Bible. You'll see me at times before I get up to preach, I'll always carry the Bible and I'll put it across my chest like this. She did the same thing. Except when she did that, she was crying, God, I cannot be with you anymore. I, I can't read the Bible. I don't know what your word says. I can't feel it anymore. And then she did something. She did something that changed her whole life. One day while she was doing all this, 
she opened it up and pressed it against her face. Her lips touched those rocks, those raised places. She couldn't believe it. I can feel it. So she learned with her mind what her fingers used to touch. Now she can interpret it with her lips. Oh, she was so happy. She began to cry and thank God and couldn't wait to get back in the Bible again. And you would see her with the Bible doing this all the time with her lips back and forth because all she wanted to do was spend more time with God. She knew God would bless her. She knew God would take care of her. And God made a way for her to spend time with God all over again. All night long, she pressed her lips against the Bible just to get a little more from God's Word. It's no wonder Christians are not blessed and do not prosper materially or spiritually. We do not delight in the Word of God. We do not delight in the Word of God. I didn't say we didn't force ourselves to read it. We don't delight. You have to beg the average Christian just to read. You have to play games and give away trinkets. Tell you what we'll do. We'll give you a trophy if you read your Bible all the way through. Yes, that's right, Johnny. Tell them what else they're going to get. Nothing. When nobody's around, do you read? Why do you read? Just to tell people you have? Does it help you at all? Now, if I were to ask you, oh, sure, preacher, it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to say? Nope, doesn't help me a bit. That's what we're going to say because it's the right answer. But God is looking for a heart involved and a thinking that says, if I lost everything I had, you ought to be okay. This is what the Bible begins to do. Now it makes sense why Christians blame God for so many things that go wrong in their life. Look at me and listen. This is why Christians blame God for so many things that go wrong in their life. You know why? We don't know what God's word teaches. We're blaming him for things that are our fault, not his fault at all. God said, no, no, you can have that, and I'll take care of this, and I'll watch over you there, and I'll protect you here, if or when, if you are. And here are some of the conditions. If you're running around with bad people, folks, listen to me. I don't care where your heart is. don't care what the relationship is. You cannot run around with people, take their advice, receive their counseling, listen to what they're saying, and God go, that's one of my kids running around with pigs. I love that. That's, that's against the Bible. You'll not find that. But in today's Christian society, you can act the way you want, dress the way you want, talk the way you want, drink whatever you want, smoke whatever you want, talk the way you want to, act the way you want to, and as long as I know God's blessings, I claim it, name it, claim it, it's mine. How's that working for you? It's working real good for the evangelist that wants your money and you send it to him, right? My friend, we need to learn God's word. We need to hide it in our heart. You remember that every teenager learns this, but I think us adults need to learn it. I will hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Do you have anything to read? I need to learn it. I need to study it, not just read it. I need to live it. I need to love it. And God's God will bless you because he blesses those who know it and do it. You cannot do what you do not know. You're making the Bible up. You're making it up. 
folks, I want you to be blessed. More than that, God wants you to be blessed. And God said, I sure do. I love to, to give my blessings to people. So we go through the Bible and pick out the parts we like and say, that applies to me. If you continue to read it, you'll find out every one of God's promises come with conditions. This is why we're not happy as Christians anymore. You have no idea what God talks about. I don't think God wants Christians to suffer. You don't know your Bible. We're always questioning God as though if he would do it the way we're thinking, we'd be a lot better off. Then he being God Almighty, why did he do it that way? God knows what he's doing. So, in the book of James, as we read earlier, he tells us not to be hearers only of the word. Deceiving ourselves. Well, I believe, I believe, or I believe this is okay. Well, it's in the Bible somewhere where I've always done. It could be miles away from right. I'm asking you, would you not like the blessings of God in your life? By the way, I'm not saying everybody healthy, wealthy, no worries. Those, the blessings of God sometimes are just peace. I have absolute peace. And when you're in a turmoil with sin and fussing against what God is trying to tell you, you don't have peace. How about quietness in your home? I had never understood parents allowing children to upset the quietness of their house if that's what the parents want. Doesn't our Father in heaven go like, he says this, be still. supposed to, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Parents, that's what you have to do. When you look at, okay, time for everybody to be quiet. Let's everybody settle down, settle down. That should be the end of the conversation. Okay, ready? Our Father in heaven gave his son to die for you. Ready? Then he says, that's not the end of it. That took care of your sin. Now, your daily living and your fellowship with me has to do with this. And I've given you more promises than most of you can even find. But they're there and they're yours. If, if if you meet the condition, if you meet the condition, they're yours. And he doesn't hide it from us. He tells us the promise, tells us the condition. So how am I supposed to be blessed of God when I don't know his word because I don't know the condition that I need to meet with God to get the blessing? We just read it in Psalms in several places. We also saw the illustrations of several different people in the Bible. God's word is true. Folks, look, we're headed for a hard time. You're going to need all the blessings of God you can possibly get. When my wife and I ran into that's not the only problems we run into. But when we did that, I'm going to tell you exactly what we did. We fell on our face and prayed. We continued to do what's right. We didn't change crowds or compromise. Even then, when I absolutely needed a job, back in those days, they said, now, are you willing to work Sunday? No, sir, I can't do that. You said, but you need a job. No, sir, I cannot do that. Because God told me not to forsake the assembling of myself. So how are you being blessed? Things going pretty good? I'm only telling you what God did for me because I said, well, God comes first. Before I set a vacation, before I take a day off for whatever's going on, look at me and listen to me. I consider my local church that God gave me. God put me here, not the one in the state next to me, not the one up north. Anyway, uh, God, sorry, Kenny, uh, God didn't do that. That's why I put all my money that I possibly can here. Not in other churches, not in other places. You know why? This is where God put me. This is where God put me. 
Tell him, if you listen to me, you stopped. You have stopped. What you're going to wonder is why is that business not happening? Why is it that relationship good? Why is it that? Because you've decided to take it upon yourself to do something God never told you to do. You do not send tithes and offerings to two or three different churches. That's not in your assignment. Amen? The book of James, not a hearer, but a, 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 only. Only. You have to hear. But a doer of God's word is blessed. So how do you receive God's blessing? Number one, you've you got to stop running around bad people. you just got to stop them. You know who they are. Sure you do. They gossip. They, they post things that you know are not right. You have relatives that could care less whether your church continued or not, and you know that's the truth. Well, I'm trying to win. Then witness to them. Why don't they ever come to church with you? Because they don't care right now. Well, if I don't show myself friendly, Friendly would be telling people about Jesus. So, number three, and we're done. He shall be blessed. Go to Psalm chapter one. So all of that to say this. God said, you meet these conditions. Don't run around bad people. Care about my word. I mean, just constantly think about it. Let it rule your life. Let it tell you what to do and what not to do, how to go about it, what I like, what I don't like, what I expect out of you, everything. Just just soak it in. Let it, let my word be you. What will God do? Watch what he says. Verse number three, he shall be like a tree planted. It's no accident. God planted it there. You are in this church and have the life you have, not because you're cool, not because you're a cool business person, not because you're smarter. God planted you in the Anchor Baptist Church. This is where you want until God, and by the way, let me just throw this in, and we better quit talking for God. Well, God wants me to. Well, God changed his mind about this. Well, I think God wants me to. Now, I'm not going to fuss with you about it, but it sure seems to me the way I read the Bible, I don't remember when God changed his mind that much anyway. God never talks in fellowship first. I'm not God. I'm not trying to be God. I'm just telling you. You know there's a part in the Bible where even God was talking to Moses. God said, you won't believe this part. You ready? He said, I am going to make you as God to Aaron. Don't you just not like that? I don't care what you do. You know, sound like old Denny something, right? God said, Listen to me, Aaron. Moses is going to speak to you like he was me. And you'll do what he says. And the only time Aaron got in trouble is when he didn't obey him. We just, our whole world has set us up. We just don't like people telling us what to do. Even if it's right, our first response is, hey, that's our first response. Or when I hit on a certain subject, look, here's what you do. Ready? Here's what you do. It's a dead giveaway. I might as well park the truck and unload it. It really is a dead giveaway. You just say, okay, and for those of you that are sleeping, don't worry about the word of God. You're not going to get it, okay? But watch what he said. He shall be like a tree, like a tree planted by the river. Boy, you're going to prosper now. Look, there's a river right there, and I planted you by a river. I didn't plant you out in the desert. I planted you by the river. And then he says, and shall bring forth fruit. That's a good tree. Understanding in places, other places in the world, they didn't plant shade trees. They plant food trees, orange trees, pear trees, watermelon trees, whatever. 
That's what they do. They didn't plant it just for fun. You know, this will look good. Let's have a shade tree here. No, it's for food. And God said, by the way, you, stay away from bad people. You do what I tell you to do. You want my word above everything? I will plant you by the rivers of water. Listen to me. Listen to me. I will plant you by the rivers of water. And you will bring forth fruit. That's a good thing. Then he says this, in season now. That doesn't mean every time you turn around, wow, wow. No tree does that. There are seasons for trees, fruit trees. There are seasons. Some of them, it's not even every year. But they do. If they're healthy, they will produce fruit. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. Isn't that wonderful? God said whatsoever. Now, hold on, hold on. Our opening statement was a lot of people seem to believe that the Bible is only about spiritual stuff. Well, first of all, Christian, your whole life is supposed to be about spiritual. But watch this. He said whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Let's see, family? Family? Marriage? Soul winning. How about business? How about strength to go forward? How about long suffering? How about patience? He said whatsoever you do. How about forgiveness? How about joy? How about wisdom? How about knowledge? How about faith? How about love? How about peace? How about all of these things? We always think it's in terms of finance. And by the way, many times that happens too. That is not the goal. The goal is simply stay away from bad company. Look, when you witness to somebody, they'll do this. Man, you stay away from them. They don't go like this. You going to talk the Bible all the time? Why don't you come over? Well, I'll go have a beer. Nobody does that. They want you around because you don't bother them about Christ. God said you go into all the world and preach the gospel. Not to be their best friend they get saved, then you can be their best friend. You understand? So I want to be blessed, don't you? I like being blessed, and my life has been. Uh, God had a lot of things to do about my character and my learning before he could start blessing my life. And yet, in spite of all that, he started right off blessing me. It's pretty amazing. First thing, peace passeth all understanding. Joy, not seemed to be a nice guy all of a sudden. Had to learn a little vocabulary, but other than that, things are coming along pretty good. Started making new friends. <laughs> the Bible said no man hath left father, mother, sister, brother. You ready for this? Ready for this? Look at me, fellas. Wife, lands, and houses without being blessed a hundredfold in this life and the life to come. You forsake all of that for the cause of Christ. And God said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. I got you. There are ladies here. something she decided to do, so I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. Do you know how I learned all the things that I have learned so far about being a man? It's from men in church because my dad wasn't around. So God kept his promise. All I had to do was obey God, and God gave me the blessings. 
folks, there's no excuse for us not walking with the Lord. I don't care how much you suffer, how much you do that. God has the answer for all that. But God said, here's the promise. Oh, I want that promise. See, I'm claiming that promise. Uh-oh, here's the condition. You meet this condition, that promise. God who cannot lie. You understand? What kind of company are you running in? I'm talking about even in our Christian school. Even our Christian school. Now, the idea is not to isolate. Well, if that's where it's going, I'll just live by myself. Okay, then you're of no good to Christ whatsoever. We live in the world. It is not of the world. I need to live a righteous life among those who may not want to. But I don't run around with them. I do not fellowship with them. We, we get this thing out of joint. Look, Jesus went to a place called Samaria that Jews had nothing to do with. Well, see, Jesus did that, and, and he went to a publican and sat down and ate at Matthew's house and, 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 and had a bunch of sinners there. He didn't go there just to eat pork chop, which is obvious because he was Jewish. He went through on business. Now, if you're going to go to your backslidden relative's house that cuss and let it slip and don't really go to church and don't care about what you do, and your prayer and understanding is, I'm going to witness to them today. Other than that, you don't need to go. What's the company you have? What's the company? Who is it you listen to? The ungodly? The scorner? The person who has nothing good to say about Christ? It's like the devil. He doesn't come out and go, oh, blank, 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 blank. Church goes like this. You mean to tell me? Why do you have to? That's a scorner. That's the way the devil approaches. Who are you running with? Just think about it. Think about all your friends. Well, some of you can't. You've got thousands of them on Facebook. You actually think they're your friends. And uh, so you've got all these people. And you've witnessed every one of them in detail, haven't you? Or you assume because they say, I go to church, they're okay. Hey, knock it off. So what happens? doing what you have to, hoping it'll be enough. Oh, what do you want me to do all the time? Delighteth day and night. His mind is on this all the time. And God said, you do that, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bless you. I will plant you in a good place, and you'll bring forth fruit. Fruit. Let's think about leaves, fruit, and fruit loops. And, uh, and no, that's what you are. And uh, so he said, I will do this for you. God's going to keep his promise. I want to be blessed. I really do. You think just carrying a Bible and showing up in church, God will bless you? Is that what the book says? Is that what God said? You just do two things and I'll bless you no matter what you claim to say. That's not what it says. That's what many people in our world today is teaching. You know a promise, you claim it. It's yours. That's not true. That's not true. There's a condition to every one of those promises. For example, you want to be saved? Had a guy one time tell me, Jesus died for the whole world, so the whole world is saved. I said, what? It is a personal salvation. He did die for everyone in the world. The condition? You need to repent and accept. You don't repent and accept, you're going to go straight to hell and burn up. That's the condition. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You can't suffer enough for it. God simply said, 
Salvation's free. Just accept it. But I told you, accept it. The eternal life you're going to have. That's a promise. It's yours. Are you saved? Are you saved? You're a born-again Christian, so you've been saved 10, 15, 20 years. Do you know much about the Bible? Even if you don't, do you desire the Bible? Is it something you think about? promise you took with you, a story you went to work with and said, you know something, I'm going to think on this today. I'm going to see what God's got in there for me. Do you do that? Then how do you know 